Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon and with me as always is Steven bringing another video podcast to you guys today. I'm trying to pump out a lot of these while I'm in Chicago for the week. Um, today we are talking about the concept of what it means to be successful. Um, just today's episode we're going to talk about whether or not there's a concrete definition of success. Um, we also want to mix in some questions and feedback that we got from specifically the Millennials and Paying Your Dues episode. Um, got a lot of great feedback on that. And so, like we talked about, want to get your guys' uh, incorporation into the episode. Um, we want to talk about if there are outside sources that dictate what it means to be successful. Um, do we think we are successful? Uh, and... If not, what can we do in the future to make that happen, or what can we do to continue being successful? Um, and then kind of a reflection on life to this point. What are the things that set us up for success, and what do you think sets us up for failure um, or something along those lines? Um, kind of wrapping it all up with what we think would be the success story of our podcast and then, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Um, I guess we'll start off with that first question of, do you think there is a concrete definition of success? In short, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In short, no, I do not like the concept that there is some concrete example of this type of person or this type of path. If you do this, you are a successful person. I think that this is a concept of like, I don't know, just kind of constructed uh, based off of different societies, like how, how they developed, they decided this is what success is. But in short, I think it's up for interpretation. I think that for me, my definition of success is going to be different than your definition of success, even if we might have some, some similarities and some overlap. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think like a lot of things, it comes to your own individual journey. Um, it's, you know, like we've talked about in a lot of stuff, it's case by case basis where, um, you know, I might find myself successful because I write a lot of songs, but you know, if someone who is more, you know, financially driven looks at my life and says, well, you didn't make any money off those songs, they're not going to think that I'm successful. So I think I think you're right in the sense that society, or not even necessarily society as a whole, but just other people have their own definitions of success. Um, but when it comes down to it, when you're the one living your life, you got to kind of define that within yourself, you know? Yes. Like the first misconception is that success and money are correlated yeah. in any capacity. Because that, to me, is one of the biggest, one of the biggest things that you hear about success is literally money. Yeah. And to me, they often go hand in hand because a lot of times, if you are very successful at something, like you, you can, for you it. can get paid for it. Right. Which really just means, do you have a valuable skill set that, if you do, there's a good chance you're going to be paid for it. Yeah, definitely. And I I wonder, though, sometimes if money can also take away from your success stuff. Because, like, when that becomes the driving force, maybe it's no longer about, um, I guess, what you started out being motivated by. Now it's, now it's about this 
uh, materialistic thing. How much of this can I have? Well, what happened to what you were doing in the first point? Um, I, I mean, I've never been rich or like, you know, had a lot of money in my bank account, but I, I do wonder for, you know, um, people who have that stuff, if, if that's something that, that they deal with, um, that'd be an interesting perspective to hear from someone like that, just to understand, is that, you know, something they think about, um, well, I'm curious to know from your perspective versus my perspective, when you grew up, what was instilled in you through the people around you uh, as to who was successful? What was like that definition that was given to you and was it in alignment to uh, how you personally felt? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because my parents, um, they had me when they were 16 and the odds were stacked against them. I mean, any like teen parents. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always think it's the, it's the craziest thing ever when you tell me that story. Yeah, like uh, I, I look specifically, you know, at, at some of the stories that I, I heard from them and just like thinking that they're still together and, you know, have me and uh, my three sisters, you know, all this stuff. It's, I think I kind of, I kind of came up with this idea of, it was almost like them against the world. Like everything seemed like it was adversity and they had to conquer it together. And so I think a lot of times uh, the path I try to take isn't always the easy way to get there. It, it's what I find is the right way. And I obviously developed that own thought of what the right way is, but I feel like it's not just about where you get, but how you get there. And that's where I feel like a lot of the success comes from. What about you in, in your upbringing? So definitely to me, success was financial. Like I definitely, not, not so like that was the only way to do it, but probably if someone said to me like, what is success? I always thought like, well, if you have a lot of money and fame, like you are successful. If, if you are a prestigious job, which I would think of like a doctor or a lawyer, like a lot of the generic ones that you think yeah. of, CEO so of the company. I would think a lot of times that that is what success was. And I think my just like personal belief was growing up, I was never someone who was very into like status or having things to make me feel like I was better than people or cooler. Than I never really had anything in me growing up that gave me a feeling of like, I mean, I had envy towards people, but it wasn't like, man, I wish I had a really cool car. Like I, I was I was not interested at all in like the the glitz and the glamour growing up. To me, I just wanted people, if anything, I think I wanted people to think that I was like successful. I think that was probably more important to me. So having a job that was prestigious, but less care, I cared less about money. Okay, so you, so you wouldn't consider your viewpoint, like you don't consider yourself a materialistic person. No. no, no, I'm not a materialistic person. Probably the most materialistic thing about me is that I like to dress nice or I guess stylish because obviously I have holes in my jeans. So you're like, yeah, I dress nice. Yeah, my ass, this guy's got holes he in his jeans. He actually cut those right before we filmed this. Yeah. He's like, I got to look stylish. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like, uh, I do have like a thing. I kind of like fashion a little bit. Yeah. So that's one of my things. But in, in general, like, no, I've never been someone who wanted to have like some really cool car. I think honestly, maybe the fact that I'm ultra competitive 
and I love like getting rewards for the, the cool things that I do or the times that, like I work really hard for something. It's like really the only reason why I'd be enticed to have like cool stuff. Yeah. I, I, I feel like maybe I should want, I should be more materialistic because I feel like sometimes I don't take care of the objects that I do have. Like if you see the inside of my car, it's just, it's always just complete trash. <laughs> my parents give me so much crap for it. And, uh, I mean, anybody that comes into my car is just like, when's the last time you cleaned this thing? When's the last time you vacuumed it? And the reason I say I want to be more materialistic is the sense that I, I feel like there is a certain, like dressing nice, there is a certain mentality that goes with that. Like if I dress nice, I might feel nice and then I might, you know, be motivated and, you know, stuff like that. I think it's all about a certain way that you take care of yourself and uh, present yourself, even though I, I'm not a huge believer in caring what other people think, but I think it's just, it is internal. You, you dress nice and you feel better internally or, you know, whatever the case may be. 100%. Like, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it's like semi off topic, but just the idea of people, um, they're like, Oh, like why, why are you dressed up so nice? I'm like, well, cause it took probably about the same amount of time as it would have took to, to dress terrible. So I, I chose to dress nice cause I feel good. Right. <laughs> like sometimes it actually doesn't require any more effort. It's just like the same amount of time. Like I just put on this shirt versus that shirt. Yeah. And I mean, to backpack, I feel like style is one of the things that you can be really individualistic about. Like you get to choose how you present yourself to the world. So, um, I mean that, that is something in itself. Um, I, so because we've kind of talked about the fact that there isn't really a concrete definition, why do you think we're so obsessed with the idea of success if we don't even really have a definition of it? Because I feel like we, at least in America, I feel like, I mean, there, there seems like a lot of it is either materialistic or financially driven. Um, but it, it seems like if you're not what is kind of drawn up as successful, you're just a failure. <laughs> exactly. Life is over. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating to me because there is definitely like a big a big push in general, especially in the United States because of the way that the society is set up where there does seem to be like a society definition of success that people want to achieve. And I, I do wonder if there's a, um, if a part of it is just, we like to feel important. You can look at uh, social media's success. I think a big part of social media's success is it gave people a voice and, and an avenue to put themselves out there that only celebrities had gotten up to that point. It's like people of uh, like public figures. Now all of a sudden you had this feeling of like some sort of significance. People like to feel good about themselves. So the concept of success to me seems to be driven around this idea of how can people care about the things that I do? So there, there became like a, a hierarchy of these positions, like these jobs have like a higher status. To, so you feel better about it because you feel better about it then you there's this word success to sort of dictate like oh this person is more successful and they just happen to often coincide with money which gives you the opportunity to have more cool stuff and cool stuff then became attributed to well i think the public figure thing i, I think a lot of times those public figures are like the minority of people but because they're in the public eye they're entertainers or you know whatever you know and and we kind of consume everything that they produce it kind of becomes what we think is successful. Like you, like even body image, I think we can, we can say like 
if you're not in like incredible shape, have six pack abs and, you know, just, you know, I mean, you can see it in like the, the Kardashian, you know, phenomenon that's happened. Like everyone has to have a huge ass, huge lips, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, now that is the depiction of like beauty, just like, you know, like having incredible cars, you know, like any celebrity or whatever that, I mean, like hip hop artists, they got to have nice cars. They got to throw around the money. Like just, there's this idea of, oh, this is what success looks like. And then it trickles down like the, the big YouTubers now. And you hear all these kids talking about, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you hear a lot. I want to be a YouTuber like Logan Paul or, you know, Jake Paul and stuff. And it's like the, the public figures end up shaping like the minds of these kids that are coming up in what the idea of success is. And that's a lot of power, which I think um, ends up being a huge thing with for people that become public figures who want to put aside the idea of, of like, Oh, I, I didn't sign up to be a role model. It's like, well, you signed up to be in the public eye. So too bad. You kind of are. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a big point. Like public figures are really what success often gets based around like even right. like through society in general like you go back like thousands of years ago it would be like the head of the town would probably be the person that was looked at as successful because they decided on a lot of the rules that were going on they had a lot of the power they probably had the wealth and then people were one a part of that and they're like i want in on this success which is easier to see nowadays because as we've talked about before, and through the easy facilitation of information in regards to uh, what these public figures are doing, it's so easy to look into their lives that now success feels more like, and it feels more like a number because now you could literally be like, "Well, I have 10 million Facebook followers or, yeah. Facebook, or us views followers. on YouTube." Yeah. yeah, 10 million views in this video. Like now, there's like actual numbers that you could sort of say I'm more successful than you because look at this. Yeah. And it's a very, very like dangerous situation that we put ourselves in. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, it's tough because I guess I would encourage uh, just like kind of the journey of finding yourself, I think specifically finding what you believe is success because then you can, you know, shape your path around that. Not necessarily what you're constantly being told is success by public figures or, you know, by people's depiction of public figures, but, you know, finding like, Hey, I'm really passionate about, uh, sales. So how can I be a successful salesman? And then given that you're all, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about, you know, the, the money that you get from it. I think that can be just the byproduct of being successful. Like when you're, like you said, you have a skill set and then you get end up pay, paid for that skill set. And that's, that's kind of a reaping the rewards of the success almost. I, I don't know if I would attribute just getting the money as a success. I feel like that's the payoff for being successful, yeah. um, which could kind of just, I don't know, it, it could, that maybe is getting a little too in depth into it, but that, that's how I feel like the working hard and the, the pursuit of the thing is where you become successful and then you get to reap the rewards of that path. Yeah. Like success it is you know if you're in, if you're in one industry there there's a, a type of success within that industry as you said like a salesperson wants to be the best salesperson like just because in one industry you're super successful doesn't mean that you're successful like at everything in life and there's there's even different branches of 
of that type of success. Like you might be successful financially, but not successful with like your marriage is a disaster. Right. Like there's success in itself is almost to me like how successful are you in if you have something that you want, how successful are you in making that a reality? Yeah, that's a good point. Good way to look at it. Um, so we're going to take a little bit of a pause from the successful stuff because we want to get to some feedback from uh, people who have been listening to the podcast. Again, specifically on the millennials and paying your dues, we had two really great conversations with listeners. Um, and so you want to pull up the sure. – we got contacted by some uh, some people and just want to kind of – like we said, we want to incorporate what you guys have to say. And uh, I think a big purpose of this podcast is to have this discussion, this dialogue. You know, we don't know everything and we, you know, may, I mean, this is a stream of consciousness. This isn't scripted. So sometimes we might say something and miss things. So you want to go ahead? And Absolutely. And I think, I think this is a, this is a good one because it, um, it's sort of something we can fight back on a little bit, <laughs> potentially. So... <laughs> Your pay your dues podcast was BS because those weren't examples of paying your dues. Haha, <laughs> they were examples of having shitty coworkers. Paying dues is doing grunt work, etc. When you're young, before you have knowledge and skills to be a decision maker. Paying dues is the process of gaining that knowledge to be a decision maker. There's a reason you weren't hired to be chief of sales. What I would say back to this is uh, I agree. Um, in that podcast, we talked about the idea of, um, you know, you get into a new job and there's almost this like hazing, like a person who used to have your job and is now one of the head honchos or whatever. Maybe he was treated poorly when he was at that spot. So now he has to pass the buck to you and do the same thing. We specifically said that wasn't paying your dues. So I agree with with this listener that 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 it shouldn't be. It isn't. But I think from some people's perspective, that comes with the territory of paying your dues, which is I think what we were trying to get across in that sense. But maybe we didn't do we didn't give because we didn't really give examples. I know you were talking about you wanted to kind of give some more examples about um, I guess like millennials hopping from jobs to jobs. Yeah, basically that. One of the things that millennials often do nowadays is we don't feel like we have to stay in a certain office or certain company for 20 to 30 years. There's a lot more mobility and, and flexibility to, okay, you know, I can learn a lot here for a year and then actually it might be to my benefit to hop to another job, then hop to another job because you learn more skills by differentiating yourself into these different um different companies that have totally different procedures and I, I i just feel like it it's a beneficial thing sometimes to not just get beaten down and feel like you have to hop in one company where you have to realize sometimes that the opportunity is actually greater to just go somewhere else because maybe there it's a whole different infrastructure which could benefit you more so why are you paying your dues somewhere when you don't even need to be doing that you could basically just skip ahead five years so you're agreeing with the millennials, you son of a. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But I think I think what the listener a, a great point is, the paying your dues part is gaining this knowledge within something. It is the grunt work of of that. We got this thing going again. 
So every once in a while, the screen will like shut down. We got to unlock it. We thought we fixed it, but obviously. How did we not have this fixed? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, it's a certain grunt work. Um, you know, it, it, and maybe we didn't acknowledge or give examples specifically of that uh, of that point. Like for instance, in my job, um, if I want to get promoted to like a trainer or something, I have to work my butt off to understand what we do as a company, what we uh, strive for, the protocols, the procedures, soft skills, how do I handle, because I work in a call center, you know, how to handle escalated people, um, all that stuff. And a lot of that, that time in there is really crappy. I mean, the, the days can get monotonous, um, it can get tough, but learning that, getting better with those skills could eventually take me to a place where now I can train people in. Um, and that the, the paying my dues process of that got me to a higher spot. So I 100% see what the listener is saying. And if we didn't get that point across, you know, that was just, like we said, this is a stream of consciousness. So we don't always yeah. get everything across. Yeah, there's almost always a couple of things per episode where I wish we would have, like, touched on a little bit yeah. more than we did. But yeah, it's going to happen. That's why the feedback is great because then we can bring it back up and, and get to the point. But uh, is there anything else you want to say uh, about this listener's comments? No, I mean that. I know you had you had one as well. Did you want to talk about that now? Or you want to talk about it later? Uh, we we can uh, go in back into the successful stuff, and then we'll we'll break it up again sure. later on. But uh, but yeah. So uh, thanks for the feedback, um, and I hope that uh, you liked our rebuttal. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're always coming at you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, so the next topic um, within this successful, what it means to be successful is uh, who dictates what that means. Um, should we even care about other people's opinion? We kind of touched on this with society having some sort of a role in our, in our viewpoint of success, but kind of specifically the idea of finding validation in your path because of other people's opinion. And I know that, that you probably got a lot to say about this one. So basically validation is something that I think everybody kind of wants to a certain extent, whether you want to admit to it or not. I think realistically what you want to do is just care about your, whatever is going to make you successful. Like kind of, as I said before, like success to me is you got to do the things that get you to where you want to go. And the, the better or closer you get to those end goals to me is the definition of success. So if it's very important to you to make $10 million, one, you should probably think like, why is that so important to you? Because money isn't even important. It's the things that come with money. It's not just, I mean, maybe if you're weird, it's literally just, I like a bunch of green paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love stacks. I like of green taking paper. baths and money. <laughs> but like, but like realistically, it's maybe you like the freedom behind it or something. So what you should really do is focus on what's what's it going to take for you to get to that feeling of success i guess it's seeing 10 million dollars in your bank account or um it's having that feeling that you you got to this this magical number and if that's what's going to bring you your your feeling of success then that's your interpretation of success a lot of people it's just you know you want to make an impact in people's lives so if someone says to you well, you're only making, I don't know, $25,000 a year, which like you could be making five times that amount if you were, I don't know, some sort of a 
engineer or a lawyer right, or something. Yeah. Um, but you're a teacher. Wh- yeah, but why like why would you do that? And you're just like, well, I get to make a huge impact on people's lives every single day. And to me, that's more important than it is that I can have four refrigerators in my basement. Right. Yeah, and that's where it comes in. I feel like you're totally right. I think it's human nature to, to desire that validation. I mean, even I, I try, especially lately, I've come more to an understanding with my music that I don't, you know, I don't need to do it as a profession to feel successful or fulfilled in it. Um, but I, I want to post things so that people can listen. And then there's this kind, there's this desire for validation of, Oh, I really like that song or I really like that cover, you know? And as much as I want to say, I'm just doing my music for myself. I hope that it impacts people and to hear the compliments or whatever, that's the validation that makes me think, Oh, maybe I am being successful. And that's something that I have to battle internally. Um, but I think, I think if we can be conscious of it and say, I need to define success within myself and shouldn't let my definition of success be dictated um, by, you know, what other people, you know, think of my life or my journey. You know, I think that's where you can start to make a separation and do things more authentically. Um, And maybe it'll make the path to success, whatever that is for you, uh, easier. I I remember when I was pursuing music as a career, um, the validation was super important. Like if I didn't have more than 10 people at a show and nobody knew who I was, I was like, I'm a failure. If, If I like didn't sing a song perfectly, I was like, I botched the show. That was my chance, you know, to, to make it or whatever. Um, and I, so I put all this pressure on myself cause I needed this validation that I, you know, to get discovered or something. And it honestly made my journey a lot less, um, like I wouldn't, there were some times in my music pursuit where I just, I wasn't enjoying myself and I love performing. I love writing music, but there's there sometimes it was just exhausting to feel like I needed the validation from people to be successful because I'm marketing my art. I'm marketing this skill set that I have. And so if it, if your success isn't derived from within, you know, there, there can be this extra burden on your shoulders that makes it a lot harder. If that makes sense to me, your example of, you pursuing music is a perfect example of doing something that isn't looked at as successful because a lot of people fail in the music industry and going to college and like sticking it through college is like the, the, what a successful person would probably tell you to do other than there's also like there's some people who talk about, well, look at, I don't know, Elon Musk dropped that at school or I don't even know if he's one of the ones that did, but like a lot of really, really rich people, they dropped out of school. Mark Zuckerberg, for example. Um, but you dropping out of school to pursue music probably was difficult for you because a lot of people were like, like why is he doing that? That's not that's not comfortable. Like he's he's not gonna make as much money. He's he's like what what are the mathematical chances that someone actually makes enough money in the music industry to like continuously go through it? So I remember uh, when I was in school and you decided to make that decision and then I didn't have a roommate and I spiraled into a deep, dark depression. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. totally just kidding. It was all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> totally just kidding. But I remember when you made that decision, just thinking in my head, like I, I was all bad. Like, don't get me wrong. I never thought it was a bad idea or anything, but 
I knew that it was going to be tough for you because especially going to a conservative school like that, that the concept of walking away from a the guarantee s- sort yeah. of of s- at least some success right. by the societal norm is uh, was going to be kind of tough for you to have to, to go over that. So hearing that your perspective on it a little bit, is, is there anything else that really came to mind? Well, I mean, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because specifically my college roommates, when I announced to them that I was dropping out of school to pursue music, that they were just, I mean, it wasn't much, cons- like Tennessee is very conservative. And so like following this certain path to success is a little more laid out. Um, and so I would, I told my college roommate and his girlfriend that I was dropping out and they immediately gave me pushback. They're like, why don't you just keep doing music while you're in school? And I was like, because school for me right now is a plan B and how do I give a hundred percent to a plan A if I have 50% in plan B, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I wanted to give, I wanted to put all my eggs in the basket that I was most passionate about. And honestly, you know, for anyone who might be thinking of that, I mean, I'm not trying to convince people to drop out of school unless like you're super passionate about something and you, you have the drive to pursue it. But like, for me, I needed to take that journey to see if this was a possibility and I could always go back to school. And that's what I did. I I dropped out of school, pursued music for a few years, kind of found out this journey wasn't you know, what I thought it was going to be. I was very naive in the beginning. I I thought I would perform at some bars in Nashville. Someone big would discover me and then bring me under their wing. You know, I thought that was what, honestly, that was kind of what I thought could happen. Um, And, and so I, I, I was constantly disappointed. I was constantly hoping for that validation that I could make it. Um, And it just, it stopped becoming about music and, what I got into music in the first place. And so once I realized that that was the case, that this is what the pursuit of the career was going to be for me, I realized music is always going to be a part of my life, but there's something else that's got to be my career. There's something else that I got to pursue to be successful. And so I went back to school, got my degree, and now I'm going to get my master's you know, in a month. Well, not get my master's in a month, but go to the program to get my master's. <laughs> no, you're super smart, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, life, life kind of long. <laughs> so like I pursued music for a little bit and then I'm going back to school, got my degree and I'm doing okay. I, I, I would say. And we're both pursuing the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm quitting everything. This is all I'm doing. <laughs> Haven't made a cent yet, but <laughs> I think it's, it's a, coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anything else you want to, to touch on with the validation or other people's opinion? I just, I, I fully understand people who are looking for validation for things. And sometimes I see people who are going out of their way to just do things to look successful. Like they get a paycheck and they spend all of it on just cool accessories because it kind of gives a perception of what success is and when i see that that kind of stuff happen i really do start to wonder is that really the quality of life that that people want like is is that really making people happy at the end of the day is this just this especially because i don't think that there is a, a defined line on what success is so i think that probably more people should just 
be happy and not so black and white with, oh, this is success. This isn't success. Like, says who? Right. I mean, I guess if they define it, if they define it that way within themselves, you know, that's their life. But yeah, to, to impose that on other people, I think is, you know, everyone can have their own definition of, of what success is. And you got to have that pursuit within yourself. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, do another shift away from the successful topic. Um, another feedback that we had on the millennial um, and paying your dues episode. This one I think is is great because this was from a Generation Xer. I think Generation X is the generation before millennials, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, one of the things that we've been trying to push ourselves to, to do is actually get guests on the show. Like we, for the guests, um, you know, for act like a man, we had Hannah on and I think it was a great perspective to hear, uh, from a female, what the concept of a man was, you know, cause it's one thing for us who are both men to talk about it, but to hear from a female's perspective, I think really kind of can open up, um, the, the discussion more. And so I kind of wish we had had, a generation Xer or a baby boomer or something on um, for a baby boomer. <laughs> Get your grandpa. On. Oh, oh my God. Getting my grandpa on would just be epic. Like the yeah. things that he would say about robots taking jobs and. Or he would say that we're taking uh, radio people's oh radio gosh, host jobs like, with the podcast. Like, how do you, how do you think those radio hosts feel? <laughs> but yeah, so we we did get some uh, some comments from a Generation Xer, and I think that this is, can start a dialogue that uh, I really appreciated. Um, so uh, basically, the the breakdown of uh, millennials. So here we go. Um, Sorry, I gotta go through this email here. Um, so the comment was talking about when we kind of got to the concept of being lazy. Um, they said, I don't know if lazy is the right word to describe our generation. Um, I would say it's more of, I could do this or I could not and see if somebody else does it for me. Which I don't know if you ever have that happen. I think I have definitely. Um, is that is that in reference to millennials or Gen millennials? Yeah. So that's millennials, the millennial attitude. That's the is this lazy or is it just like see if other person takes care of this thing? Okay, I could see that a little bit. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what I've seen in your generation. Um, I don't I don't know that that's technically lazy. I think it has to do with how my generation has approached parenthood. So this point I think is really cool to dissect. Um, in some of his reading, he, he states, um, the baby boomers, that generation that raised generation X, that was the first generation where mom started really being in the workplace. Like before that, it was a lot of stay at home moms. So because of that, kids were, uh, kind of more independent. They had to kind of take care of themselves because there wasn't a stay-at-home person and daycare wasn't a, a big thing back then either. So you had a home where kids were basically taking care of themselves um, and or other siblings even. So they had to be the parents for other siblings. The effect from that is that the Generation X generation, he, he even goes into the idea of depression kind of developed from being alone, from feeling like there wasn't as much, um, I guess, a support system or, or so to speak around that. Um, 
and and but they also developed this I'm in control because they had to they had to be more independent through that. Um, so like with all generations, we become parents and then we compensate for what we view as maybe negatives of our parents' approach. So we talked about this a little bit about when we have kids, like, you know, we're pretty confident that we could raise not, not together. <laughs> Let's get that oh jeez. <laughs> no, but just like um, you know, each of our separate families um we could uh you know raise them well but no matter how well we approach it the differences that we do from our parents that we didn't think they do did well our kids gonna find things they don't like about the way that we raise them as well like it's 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 a constant cycle and that's part of the evolution that we kind of talked about so if you consider the example of you know baby boomers mom started working there wasn't really daycare set up the generation x kind of took parenting under a little more control and i don't know if you felt like that with your parents where they not necessarily tried to control your life but maybe had a, a little more um attempts at controlling what paths you took or or yeah. how to handle things and so now maybe we're going to go back to trying to be more independent and, and, you know, like that, that kind of cycle. Um, so there's consequences to these things. Um, and I feel like there's one other thing or we can, I mean, you want to break that down a little bit? I, I think there's a lot of good points made throughout this. Like one, I, I do think that maybe the, the millennial concept of like, let's just see what happens if I don't do this. Like I'm, yeah. I, I, I can, I can definitely see that to a certain extent. Like I'll look in, places that I've worked before. And yeah, I think that, that, that there's there's like a the feeling of pride maybe for people's work has because as the quality of life has got a little bit easier to kind of just like take a back seat and not care as much because a lot of us our upbringings were like even if you if your upbringing was you were kind of poor by today's standards, you still had mo most people still had like food and the the normal like day-to-day -day things you would need to, to survive. So I think there's just a lot more of like that comfort level. So maybe that, that edge to live the American dream, especially like, like in this country, like live the American dream. Like a lot of that's probably started to fade away a little bit as time has gone on. Well, about this concept of letting other people take care of the initiative on earth. I can think of probably examples that, at work where I might do it, where there's something I know that needs to be done, but maybe it's in somebody else's work task. So instead of taking it on and just accomplishing it, because I do work there, I do have the same goals as what my team does, I'll just let them take care of it instead of, and I don't think I'm, a, especially in the, in the you know, work environment, I feel like I'm a pretty hard worker. And, um, you know, I end up, I, I mean, I was a general manager of a Jimmy John's at 21. So like I, I rose from, you know, just a, uh, in shop worker to that position. So I obviously did some things right, but I do think there is a little bit of that tendency and that might come from, um, the way that we were raised a little bit. I, I mean, I even living at home with my, uh, parents when I moved back to Minnesota, I mean, I know how to do dishes. <laughs> But I know that my mom's gonna do them if, oh, yeah. if it's filled up. So a lot of times I might avoid doing the dishes. You know, it's just little things like that. But I mean, maybe being aware of that stuff. Maybe if there was more dialogue between generations rather than this concept of you're trash. Yeah, you're trash. 
this generation <laughs> is just like better off or your, your generation is more doomed, which the last thing I want to say about this comment. So this is a generation Xer that uh, listened to our podcast and wrote in. They said, I remember when I was younger, a lot of the older people talking about how rebellious my generation was. And we talked about that in the Millennials and Paying Your Dues podcast about how pretty much every generation has said the next one is doomed in some way, shape, or fashion. Um, you know, to, But I feel like if there's more of a concept of, hey, how about you help us um, improve, we talk about things that maybe you guys found out that were flaws in the way that you grew up or what you did, maybe there would be more progress rather than just like, oh, you guys don't, you guys don't know what you're doing. You guys are using robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking American jobs. You guys aren't even driving your own cars anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty good dialogue, I feel like. I, I mean, those are the, the only two feedback yeah, things that we pl- got. Please, like, write in, though, because I feel like I have a lot of fun reading these and, mm-hmm. and thinking if I think you guys are totally full of shit or I'm actually like, <laughs> you guys are right. We're full of shit. We totally missed the boat on this one. So appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, both of you guys. Um, well, to get back into the successful topic, we're going to get a little more personal now. All right. Um, do you come think, at me. <laughs> come at you. Do you think you are successful? In addition, what would you need to do with your future to either feel successful at some point or continue feeling successful? See, I feel like I'm going to sound really arrogant when I say this. All right. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyways because I don't care. And I like to I like to keep this show real. I think I am successful, and it's not because I have a super successful podcast that everyone listens to, including Brandon, who actually might be the only listener sometimes. <laughs> It's because I feel like when I look at my life, when I want to get something done, like if it's important to me to do something, I've been able to in the past prove that I can get it done. Now, this comes with the idea that you have to be realistic with the timeline on some things and you can't say like, I mean, obviously I would love if we had a million subscribers who listen to this podcast. But I'm realistic to know that one, that's very difficult, and two, that's not going to happen after a handful of episodes of a podcast with very little backing. Like, we're not public figures or anything. Right. So I realize that that's extremely difficult. But my success to me is I was a kid who suffered from a low amount of self esteem growing up, who, if that younger version of me saw where I would be at now, in my mid-20s, he would be incredibly proud, I I think, of where I am right now because I think that ultimately there was a bunch of ups and downs, maybe more downs than I would have ever thought, but ultimately, this this is kind of what I've wanted. Like, I'm in the big city like I wanted to be. I've been on TV before as a TV news reporter. I've get to work on creative projects obviously I didn't think this YouTube thing was ever going to be a thing back when I was a little kid but ultimately when I put my mind to something it gets done and to me that's kind of like my definition of what success is and the fact that I haven't let the validation that I haven't always gotten uh, on the outside affect me from just keep moving 
like the fact that I just keep moving forward regardless of the validation from other people is good proof to me that I'm able to get to my ultimate goals, which as you said, uh, when we were talking earlier today, like in life, there's not like an end goal in your journey. It's just about like, you just keep going forward and you keep developing new like goals along the way. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I've always been able to, at every phase along the way, I come up with something and obviously it hasn't been a perfect journey. I don't want to say this was- It never will be. Yeah, it's, yeah. and it never will be a perfect journey either. But like, to me, my definition of success is, I think I'm doing okay. And I, I consider myself to be successful from where uh, where I'm at. What about you? Um, I would not say that I've been successful, but the reason is I, um, I don't think I'll ever feel like, oh, I'm 100% successful because of that idea of there are no, the only real destination I would say in life is you're going to die. <laughs> So that's not to get super dark on you, but just like... It's true though. It is, yeah. And so uh, with that being said, I think I think there are moments of success. I feel like there have been times when I've felt successful. I wrote a theatrical piece for my band uh, and we performed it at a Fringe Festival up in Minnesota. I felt like writing that show, getting us publicity. I like got us, I got on the radio to, to pub it. I printed posters. Um... I got EPs made, uh, you know, I did a bunch of stuff to get this thing that, that I created together, got it on a show and we performed in front of people every night for a week. And that was one of the most like gratifying experiences. Um, not, I don't know if gratifying, just, just an incredible experience for me. And I felt super successful in that, even though it didn't like turn into my band becoming big, like that wasn't what it was about for me. It was just this this fulfilling part of my journey where something that I was proud of I, that I created, I also got to display and I worked really hard on it. So I felt successful in that. And I've had other moments like that. You know, um, I wasn't super passionate about my job at Jimmy John's, but the fact that, you know, I was, you know, one of the younger people that worked there and I worked hard enough to be even considered to run the shop, you know, that was like, I'm doing some things right. I feel successful in this. Now, when I became the general manager, that was a whole nother ball game that I wasn't prepared for. But then I learned in that. And uh, then I feel like I developed uh, a successful routine as the general manager. So, I mean, that in itself is an example of I felt successful getting the job as general manager. Then I felt like crap as the general manager for the first six months. And then I felt like I became a successful general manager. So I feel like for me, there are times in which I feel successful, but in a whole, I feel like my life is unfinished business. So you, you don't think that there would ever be anything that you could do that would you just could say, oh, I'm successful, yes? No, because my, my definition of the success is, is, is kind of an ever-changing, ever-growing one. So it's like, but so basically, I won't be disappointed in myself if I don't call myself or if other people don't call me successful or if I don't call myself successful because my definition of success is going to constantly change based on, you know, what I'm doing with my life, where I'm going. Um, and maybe this seems like a cop out answer, but it's just like it's, it's a way for me to keep pushing my ceiling. I want to be successful as a musician in the sense that I feel like the songs that I write are 
authentic. They're passionate. They, they capture the emotion that I want to display. Um, I want to feel successful in uh, psychology by, you know, getting my master's degree in the sense that I want to become an expert in this field that I'm passionate about. You know, not necessarily like change the world through therapy. I mean, you know, you can impact people's lives through that career, but you know, that's just going to be a byproduct of me pursuing that path and of me doing that job. So I guess my definition of success isn't really an obtainable one. It's just a kind of an ever growing, you, you're always reaching for it. Like that's the ceiling that you constantly push up higher and higher, I guess, if, if that makes sense. I, I, can understand that? I can relate to that a lot. I just think despite the fact that I'm I'm never satisfied. I still feel like I'm successful, even yeah. Because that that's that's where I make my separation. Because don't get me wrong, I always feel like I can be better. Like I'm always looking in the mirror and be like, I feel like I could be stronger. I feel like this hair is out of place. I feel like I'm two years behind where I want to be. I always have that feeling, and that's that's something that's ingrained in me. But I still allow myself to feel that feeling of success. And I feel like that's maybe where we differ on it. Yeah. I, I feel it in moments and I let myself feel it in, in those moments. But then, I mean, and maybe that's a flaw within myself, maybe not, not being content in some of the stuff that I've accomplished or that goals that I've set for myself and then obtained. Maybe that's, I'm never going to be happy because I don't feel like I'm successful within that. You know, that's something that maybe I need to kind of dissect within myself. But uh, as far as my definition of it right now, it's just something that it's not a destination. It's an, that part is, you know, comparable to life where it's like, I'm not going somewhere specific in the idea of success. I'm constantly pushing the boundaries and want to continue doing that and, and change once I get to a place where maybe it feels successful, what's the next place I can go to. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it maybe, maybe that just is successful and I'm, I'm turning it into something that's not, but you know, I, I just, I think it's a good way to motivate myself, you know? And so it's kind of the, the approach of never satisfied essentially. Yeah. So you put it in good, good phrasing there. Um, the next point you want to talk about this one? Yeah. So if you reflect on your life to this point, what are things that set you up for success um, and what are some things that hindered your success at or your chances at success? Yeah. And both of these, I would say on a, on a grand scale and a day to day scale, meaning like, like playing video games for me, like I get addicted to that. So day to day, if I'm playing video games every day, I feel like it hinders as much as it can be like, it's Facebook too. We talked about that the first step of the social media. Like I felt like that hindered my chance at just like being authentic within myself. So it hindered my chance of, and I feel like when you're authentic, when you are yourself is your best chance of pursuing your own success. Um, so little things like that day to day on a, on a grand scale, um, what sets me up for success? I, I feel like, I don't know if people relate to this, but I, I feel like I'm kind of weird in the things that it takes for me to, to feel like I'm, I'm pursuing an actual successful path. Like I should probably go to bed at like eight 30 every night 
I need sleep like big time. If I don't get sleep, I become more emotional. Oh yeah. I, I like overthink things even more than I already do. I feel like I'm, I'm more, um, well, we're setting ourselves up for failure right now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what time is it right now? Yeah. 1240. 1240. Um, <laughs> that's no pain, no gain, baby. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and I don't like, um, I like, I like social situations and like stuff like this, hanging out with a, with a buddy and having a conversation and stuff. Um, but I don't like really going out to, to bars and, and staying out till three in the morning, partially because I don't get sleep. But another thing is I don't end up, I don't, I've never gone out to one of those and felt like I walked away with something productive. <laughs> Usually I just end up pissed at the end of the night. Um, but a lot of my friends like to do that stuff. And so, um, right now I feel like hindering my chances of success is finding the balance of like, I guess, cause I don't want to cut all those people off. You know, like I care about my friends and my family and spending time with them, even though sometimes the things that they want to do, like a lot of my friends like to play video games. And so am I right to like shut off video games completely and you know, not participate with my friends because that's what they do? Or do I need to work to develop a balance in that? Um, so I kind of got off topic a little bit. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take Tone it in, I'll, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll take over then. So things that, let's do things that hindered me. I like to start with a negative and then move into a positive. There you go. Things that hindered me from success. Definitely caring what others thought. Definitely uh, that's been a thing. So Getting, getting pushed into this concept of if someone else says that something is successful, that that's what I should focus on. Because sometimes it's just not what's going to make me happy. Therefore, I'm not going to be successful at it anyways. Because it's truly difficult to me to be really successful at things that you do not enjoy doing. Um, it, it's like I loved playing baseball and I was pretty good at it when I was younger. But then I hit a phase where I just started to get kind of burnt out of it. Um, and I started like practicing less and I noticed that I was getting less good of results. I didn't feel as successful anymore. And it was because I just like stopped enjoying it. And sometimes that can happen. So you have to just be, you'd have to just be open to the idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to, uh, I always make fun of Brandon because he, he tries to act like I'm closed minded. So <laughs> I'll come up with like an opinion or an idea or something. He'll be like, I think you just need to be open to it. It's just like, all right, I'm just giving you my opinion. Man. <laughs> yeah. He's just a closed minded person on the show. So sometimes I got to make sure that the audience knows this whenever we have these discussions. Take, take away all my validity for this show. Now. Exactly. <laughs> but setting myself up for success was like, um, I knew I was set up for success when I started caring less about people, like what, what they thought of me in terms of being successful. And when I started just being myself. So if I enjoyed doing something, I would do that thing. As long as like, as long as I was happy, I felt like I was it, happy and like safe. So doing things that not only I enjoyed, but also were keeping me healthy. So like eating healthy, getting an adequate amount of sleep, staying away from the things that like I think everyone has vices that they're clearly aware of, but they just 
some of us recognize them and some of us just kind of like choose to ignore them and just allow their lives to never really they like almost don't even become successful a lot of times with what they want because they let these things negative things get in the way and sometimes you gotta be like self-aware like stay away from the things that are are pushing you away from success like brandon mentioned video games video games obviously are something that can make brandon not get to where he wants to go so they might be fun in the moment and trust me there's there's definitely there's a time and place for things that are fun in the moment Mm -hmm. but aren't good for the big picture i mean as as we've talked about there's times where you know we want to just keep producing content all the time but we only have so much energy and sometimes you need to just do something mind-numbing for a little bit like play a video game and just have fun so that right. like you stay sane and produce actual good content so you gotta just uh it's balances yeah we, we talk balance about balances it. a lot <laughs> uh, on the podcast but yeah it's it's absolutely like you said like there are times and places where like that stuff would be appropriate like if you and i are burnt out of doing this podcast you know maybe just shooting the shit playing some super smash bros or something oh, yeah that'll be healthy for us exactly so i mean we did that at one point today we just were like all right let's just go on like a, a quick walk and grab food and then come back yeah sometimes you just gotta you gotta just do things like that and recognizing yourself so being self-aware is a, a huge part of it and i feel like i've always been pretty self-aware but i've have a better willpower to not allow the things on the outside to get in the way of me getting to my end goals. Yeah. I think, um, for hindering my chances at success, I I think I relate to you in the sense of, uh, caring what other people think. I, I think I've gotten a lot better at it. And I I think it's something, um, you know, when you become an adult, I, I think people push themselves to care less about what other people think because they get more set in what they believe and what they stand for. Um, and, and maybe that's just us growing into closed minded people or something. But, uh, but I think, you know, like, because you can't please everybody. And, and if you just constantly try to, you're just going to end up living a life for other people rather than yourself. And, uh, and so you, you set your, your own journeys up for failure because you're not doing the things that you would need to do to get to where you want to go. Um, and maybe these are like just cliche examples, but I, another thing, I guess specifically for me, I feel like, so I talked about my parents, you know, they ended up having me when they were 16 and sticking together. So their like love story was something that inspired me as, as a kid, like I looked at my mom and dad and like, that's like love. That's so I put like the idea of love and, you know, being with a partner and like, like fighting off the world and like having adventures with somebody like that is on this pedestal. That is the ultimate goal. That's what's most important. And I think a lot of times relationships have become too important for me and have hindered me from focusing on myself. I would like to find the balance where I'm able to have the relationship and still focus on the things that make me happy. Um, and, and so this is, that's all a, a kind of a journey that you go through to, to understand what, what will set you up for success you know, because I, I don't want to not ever be in a relationship for the rest of my life. You know, I, I want to at one point meet somebody that I care about, fall in love and, you know, see what happens. But I don't want 
it to be kind of what it has been at this point, which is a distraction from the things that separate from that love make me happy. You know, they should coincide essentially. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that way with relationships at all? Gosh, this can be different. <laughs> um, where do you feel like they've been distractions in any way or, or do you think you're better at that? I'm not particularly good. Well, I've gotten way better at it, but that was something I've had to learn over time is relationships are great and all, but for a relationship to truly be good, it should be like the final piece of a puzzle of everything else that's good in your life. It should just be like, you got everything in line. You kind of know who you are. You're happy with your career. You're happy with how everything is going. And then like the final piece of the puzzle should be now you've got a great relationship to complement everything else. And hopefully they've got some things that maybe cancel out your weaknesses or embellish your strengths or something. And what you shouldn't have is a situation where you sacrifice everything that you've ever wanted in your life to try to, For make, this person. Try to make this person happy. Yeah. That is absolutely the opposite of how a successful relationship to me should work. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't think the, the final piece of the puzzle, I don't think it has to be that chronological order necessarily. No, 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 no. Exactly. Yeah, like the final piece just meaning, again, it coincides with that journey of you finding yourself, you actually taking care of yourself, uh, whether that mean, you know, eating healthy, you know, working out still, or not even necessarily that stuff, but taking care of yourself in terms of, you know, giving yourself time to do the things that you love. Um, and then, you know, if, if they're the right person, I also think it works with friendships. Um, you know, if, if friends aren't supportive of your, the journey that makes you happy, you know, they're probably going to fade off from, from being a friend. And I think that is a sad thing because you, you want to be, you want people in your life and you you don't want to ever lose people. But I think there is a natural progression through life where if, your life goals, the, your worldview doesn't end up lining up with somebody's. Sometimes drifting apart, you know, even though it might be sad, is just the natural, organic way for things to happen. And I don't think there should be anything that you should be ashamed of with that. I think, in I, I've talked to you know Stephen about this. I think you know him being artistic. It, you know, if he's had certain relationships or something that he you know, doesn't think are part of his life anymore, make something beautiful out of it. Like make, make an art piece or, you know, whatever, you know, that's what I want to do with my music too. You know, there's, uh, if, you know, you go look at my YouTube page. Um, I just posted a cover of, uh, youth by daughter, but so it, that song doesn't really have anything to do with the video. The video is a, is literally a compilation of my music journey, like different live performances, different times I posted YouTube videos, just to give like a glimpse into what all I was doing during this journey. And letting go of that life it is super sad because that was an awesome experience and I had a lot of great friends and stuff. But now, even though I'm letting that go, I can kind of say goodbye in in a way that feels fulfilling. And, and you can do the same thing with relationships because you understand that, you know, maybe having those pieces in your life don't set you up for, for the successful path to what you want. I don't know if my tangent got off there, but... Uh, no, I, I think that's great. I kind of think, I mean, do you have any other comments on this? Or you want to kind of wrap it up here with yeah. overall 
Yeah, we can wrap it up. Yeah. Overall final thoughts on anything that we've talked about here today? Uh, well, I do have a question for us. Sure. What does this podcast, when it comes to success, what in your opinion would be success for this podcast? <laughs> um, I want to obviously have people who listen, Yeah. which is a big part of it. But what I hope is I hope that we can inspire some people to be open with their dialogue, to realize that there are other people out there who do think deeply about a lot of things that maybe you think that you're alone on, that a lot of things in life are not just of a, like a, a surface level issue, that there's a lot of depth to people's decisions that they're making, and that hopefully by people listening to this show, they're able to be open-minded to the idea that maybe the way that they've been living their life is not the only way, and that maybe people can find fulfillment in, in different ways, and that you should be understanding of the idea that, okay, maybe you can't understand their viewpoint, but it's also because they've lived a different life than you, and if you would really truly want something out of your life, that you have to just, as I always say to you, you gotta be open to Got to be open to it. Got to be open to things, and that the concept of the of our show, everything must go. We're open to talk about basically anything. Yeah. Open to have a dialogue on it, and that hopefully we can create some sort of community with people. Because I know that whenever I mention these topics, people seem to have a lot of things to say immediately about it. So, absolutely. Continuing that, I, I think we have very similar goals in this. I, I think. The listeners, obviously, we want a lot because we want a lot of people thinking. We want a lot of people talking. We want uh, progress in terms of self-growth. I mean, these conversations, even though we're doing it on a public platform, I feel like help us develop our own opinions and thoughts. I mean, we we come up with the ideas that we're going to talk about for the episode, but we don't really know what we're going to say going into it. You know, we have certain outlines. You, you kind of saw us reading off of this outline thing. It's just to kind of structure the episode, but ultimately we're developing our thoughts and opinions as we're going. And, you know, I think that's, that's something that can be used by anybody that listens or, you know, that wants to have that dialogue, this navigation through, um, through introspection and, and through, I mean, in a way it's kind of therapeutic, you know, super I, therapeutic. It's therapeutic for me for sure. Whenever we do this, cause sometimes I'm talking about things that I haven't even thought about in like 10 years. Right. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I love that. So, And it's yeah. it's stimulating too, which is all, always good for just your development um, as a human, honestly, with, with your brain. Like having these conversations makes the, the, the wheels turn in, in a sense. And I think that it's important uh, to have these discussions because you don't want to just be on autopilot all your life. Nope. You, you want to be present. You want to um, you want to have a pursuit uh, towards something. I feel like because eventually, if you're just remaining stagnant the whole time, and I feel like a lot of people might struggle with that, you're gonna wake up eventually. I feel like everybody will wake up eventually and be like, "What am I doing with my life?" Like you hear about the midlife crisis. You hear, I wonder if a lot of that is because you end up getting content and stuff. You're not pushing yourself to to think about these things, to discuss these things, to to, to strive for things. And our podcast, I think ultimately, you know, even if our opinions are just horseshit to you, which is, you know, your opinion 
if it makes you think about it, I remember the first podcast we did, the social media one, my roommate, you know, I mean, we talk about some things every once in a while, but he's a lot less vocal than I am about opinions or whatever, unless we really get on a topic. But we had a whole like texting conversation about that podcast and about how it made him think about the social media, how he kind of disagreed with one of our points. Like, that's it. That's exactly what we want to accomplish here. That's that's the that's my goal for you know what would be successful to have discussion to have people incorporate their thoughts even if we don't hear from you because I know we keep pressuring you to <laughs> to send in stuff. If you're at home and listening and just have your own thoughts, you know even if we don't know about it, I feel like we're making the impact that we would hope for. So, I mean, that's that's my opinion. Well, we'll take the pressure off of you. But if you do want to yeah. <laughs> write to us, you can send us an email at emgpod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at me, at Stephen Russell B. Or I guess you could send me a DM on Instagram. Those are always fun, at Stephen Russell B. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Butch Boss. There you go. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Brandon Flippin Music. Um, I don't post any of the podcast stuff on there. That's strictly going to be my music stuff, but, um, all of our kind of creative outlets are going to be intertwined in, in some way, shape or form. Uh, you can tweet at me at B music. Um, check out my SoundCloud. I, I typically post very raw recordings on there. Although, um, once I start recording more quality things, I will probably put them up there as well. It's soundcloud.com slash Brandon Flippin music. Instagram is Brandon Flippin music. Um, but yeah, definitely emgpod at gmail.com is the big one. If if you guys um, want to be incorporated into the show, like we had a couple listeners incorporated today. So yeah, I feel pretty good about our, our conversation. And uh, next episode, we are going to talk about uh, the concept of ignorance being bliss. Can't wait. Thank you guys for uh, listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.